Today we're beginning one of the most significant series that we will do all year here at Coastline. So I pray that God will open your heart as we begin today, 30 Days to Live. Sitting in the airport in London right now, on my way home, thinking about this series that we begin today called 30 Days to Live. And in case you're wondering, I'm scheduled to die on July 2nd in the year 2073. You may ask, how do I know when I'm scheduled to die? Well, I logged onto a website called deathclock.com. And when you log on, they ask you a number of questions. How old are you? When were you born? Are your parents still alive? Do you have heart disease in your family? Do you drink? Do you smoke? Have you ever skydived? Have you ever read a bull named Fu Manchu? The fact is every single one of us are scheduled to meet death one day. And unless Jesus comes back and we meet him in the sky, we all face a terminal disease called mortality. I have 22,568 days left. Thirty days to live. My wife just reminded me we have a baby shower after church today. Uh, so if you if you're joining us, it's going to be awesome. Reed, I don't even know if you knew, did you? Is it a surprise? It's an awesome surprise. Well, it was a surprise until I just blew it. Rita is part of Eric's unit in the Marine Corps. She is an awesome, awesome young girl, and we wanted to bless her as a church and have a baby shower and help her get everything she needs because she's going to have an awesome young boy in three weeks, and we want him to feel loved. We want her to feel loved, so join us after service today. It's going to be awesome. Well, as you saw in the video, I've got about 22,568 days left. But the truth is, I could live a lot longer than that. Or I could live much, much shorter than that. The reality is we don't know how long we're going to live. We don't know what our lifespan is. The Bible says we are just a mist that appears today and is gone tomorrow. The truth this morning is I could leave church today, get into my car, pull out on the road here, get sideswiped, and be on my way to meet Jesus for eternity. I don't know. The truth is this week I could be out learning how to surf and run into one of those great white sharks we've seen at Swami this week. I don't know. I mean, the truth is I could find out I have cancer and six months from now be on my way to meet Jesus. I could get so worked up preaching this morning and get so fired up that I could literally just fall over and have a heart attack right here. I have no idea. The possibilities are endless. I could drive home today, park in my parking lot, and get attacked by a rabid squirrel and die. We literally have no idea how many days we have or we do not have. The possibilities are endless. The truth, if all of us were really honest, and if all of us would admit, life is brief. Life is but a mist. I got the idea for this series, because how many of you have ever been so busy, you feel like you're so busy, you don't even have time to live? You're that busy. 
that it's hard to be in the moment, that you're always thinking about something else and, and, and you've got so much going on and you're trying to figure out what should I do, what should I say yes to, what should I say no to, and life is so complicated. And I heard somebody give a great piece of advice one time. When you're trying to make a decision about what you should do with your time, what you should say yes to, what you should say no to, ask yourself the question, if I had 30 days to live, would I say yes to this? And it helps bring things in great perspective. Look at Psalm chapter 39 with me this morning. Psalm chapter 39, we're going to look at verse 4 and verse 5. If you have your notes, you can pull out your notes. The scripture is in the notes. Psalm 39, verse 4 and verse 5. Lord... Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is just a breath. Let's all pray that first sentence together out loud with me. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Life is incredibly brief. We have no idea. The width of our hand, just a breath, a mist that appears and is gone. Throughout this series, we're going to get to know some different people throughout this series that if doctors are correct, they have a very little bit of time left. To live, And I want to introduce you to a lady this morning, Stacy McCauley. She's a part of a friend's church in Oklahoma. And if God does not do a miracle, she's got a limited time left to live. Meet Stacy with me today. Well, I'm, I'm kind of everyone's, every breast cancer survivor's worst nightmare, really, because I was first diagnosed in 2004 um, with stage one. And I came back with my nodes clean and everything, and I, I did chemo, and I, I did the double mastectomy. I did everything right. And, but for some odd reason, um, the cancer went to the lymph node behind my breastbone, which is practically unheard of. And so it was allowed to grow there for several years. It didn't cause me any problems. And now it's in my bones, so I'm considered stage four. And um, unless there's a miracle, you know, I'm going to be going home soon. And I'm kind of double-minded about it because there's part of me that is kind of excited in a weird way, you know, because I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going and it's going to be a great place. And then, but there's this other part of me that's not ready to go yet. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm too young. And I feel for the people that I'm leaving behind, you know, especially my girls. Probably not going to see them grow up, you know. I feel cheated out of grandbabies. I feel cheated out of weddings. I, I feel, you know, I'm double-minded. I have this, this, I have this argument with myself. Two different feelings about the same thing, you know. And I feel for people who don't have a relationship with God and they're going through this. I don't know how they did it. I really don't. And I even feel for those people who maybe do have a relationship but don't really know him. I mean, know him to the very core of your being. Know that he is good. Know that he loves you because it, sometimes it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like he's good. And it doesn't seem like he loves me. You know, and, but since I know that with every inch of me, 
you know, that's, that's my hope and that's my comfort. And I, I really do feel for anyone who does not have that foundation. We're going to hear more from Stacy later in this message. But what you have to understand is that life is but a moment. It's brief. It, it, it's a mist that appears and is gone. And this morning, I'm going to look at James chapter 4. And there's three what I believe are divine turning points that I believe God wants to inspire in us through Scripture that, to help you get, to help you connect with this morning so that you can learn how to be there, be fully they're 100% in the moment of your life. James chapter 4, look at verse 13 with me. James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? And they said, you know, we're going to go here, we're going to go there. How do you know? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and we will do this and we will do that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. If you know what's good to do and you don't do it, the Bible says that is sin. Life is brief. And there's three things that I believe this passage of Scripture will inspire you to do in life. Three things that I pray that will connect with you this morning and help you learn how to be 100% fully there. Number one, if you're following in your notes, turn when into now. Turn when into now. This morning, I pray that God will help you turn your wins into now. Now, today, this moment. See, if you're like me, then you'll spend much of your life. I, I spent a lot of my life wishing my life away, literally wishing my life away. I would say, when such and such happens, then I will finally be engaged. Then I will finally be who God wants me to be. Then I'll finally, you know, be where I need to be. When such and such finally happens, then. When, then. When, then. I don't know what your when, thens are, but we all have when this happens, then this will happen. When this happens, then the, you know, a single person says, when I'm finally married, then I will finally feel complete. Somebody else says, well, when, when we finally get a new home, then we will host a life group. When we finally get out of debt, then we'll begin to tithe. When my career is established and we've got money in the bank and things are stable, then I will re-engage with my family and, and with my children. When? Then. When the kids are finally all grown up and out of the house, then I'll reinvest back into my marriage the way I should. When? Then. The problem is, then rarely comes. The then in your life rarely comes and you spend life wishing it away. When? Then, I don't know what your when then is today, but we're going to ask God this morning to help you turn your then into now to realize that life is fleeting. Life is brief and in the blink of an eye, it's gone. This week I was in London, England and standing in the London airport, walking through the airport, I realized my first time in London was 15 years ago that I went to speak at a church in England. At the time, the pastor of the church had two boys, three and six. 
I was there this week, and I looked at their boys on stage, now 21 and now 18 years old, and I thought, what happened to my life? I mean, 15 years gone in the blink of an eye. I mean, it felt like it was just yesterday. I was walking through London Heathrow Airport, my very first time to England, and now 15 years later, gone. You know, one of my mentors that's been working with me in my life, because if you're like me, I'm a very type A personality. I'm very driven. I'm very goal-oriented. One of my big weaknesses and problems in life is I'm not always there. I'm there, but I'm not there. You understand what I'm saying? We're there, but we're not there. We're always off somewhere else. My, my, my physical body may be here, but my mind is off somewhere else. I'll be having dinner with my wife, and I'll be thinking about what I've got to do tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're there, but we're not there. And one of my mentors that's been working with me has really been challenging me to be there, be fully there, 100% there. When I'm with my son, not to be thinking about what I've got to do tomorrow, because I don't know if I'll ever have a moment like that again. When I'm out on a date with my wife, not to be thinking about what I have to do the rest of the week and planning, because that's a struggle for me. And I've got to realize that my time is brief. My life is fleeting. It is just a breath that is here today and gone tomorrow. I, I, I can't sit there missing the important moments in my life, always thinking about the next thing. When? Then. So the advice that he gave me is no matter where you are, be there. Wherever you are, be there. Be fully there, 100% in the moment that God's given you. A friend of mine's an author, and he was working on a book, and he had a, a, a six-year-old son, and his son went into his room and said, Dad, I need to talk to you. And he said, Son, we're going to be at dinner in 30 minutes at the dinner table. We'll sit and talk, and whatever you want to know, we'll talk. And his son said, All right, and he walked out of the room. A few minutes later, his wife came in and said, I'm only going to say this once. Men, how many of you know when your wife says, I'm only going to say this once, you listen? She said, You will always be busy writing a book. You will always be busy with something, but you won't always have a six-year-old boy that wants to speak to you. When? Then. When this finally happens, then I'll be there. I'll finally engage. No, be there now. Be fully there. Start living because before you know it, life will be gone. Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. Psalm 118, 24. Look in your notes or on the screen. This is the day. What day? This day. Today. This moment. Now. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We don't know if we have tomorrow. All we know is that we have this day, this moment. Now. We can't worry about what's going to happen the rest of the week or what's going to happen next year or next month. All we have is today, this day. We will rejoice and be glad in this day. That's what James was saying. Why are you saying to tomorrow we're going to go here and tomorrow we're going to go there? You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know. Why worry about worrying about tomorrow is arrogance. Worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow is, is assuming that you know the future and only God knows the future. So why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow will take care of itself. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1. The proverb says, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will begin will bring don't brag about tomorrow you could also say don't worry about tomorrow because you don't know what the day 
will bring. The first point I want you to get this morning is learn how to turn your when into now. Your wins into now. Second thing I want to say, turn your intentions into actions. Turn your intentions into actions. Because chances are, if you're like most people, you probably have a lot of really good intentions that you've never turned into actions. You probably have a lot of things that w- would be really good to do, a lot of things you've always thought about, I should, I, I should do that, things you've always thought about that you haven't acted on. Let's revisit James chapter 4 and verse 17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It is sin to know what you ought to do, then not do it. What intention do you have that you have not turned into an action? See, in London this week, I was on the subway. They call it the underground or the tube over there. And when you go down into the underground in London, the the subway pulls up and you stand on the platform and you always hear this, this British female voice comes out on the loudspeakers, mine the gap, mine the gap. And what he's saying is you got to pay attention to the gap between the platform and the subway because if you don't pay attention, if you don't mind the gap and you step into the hole, you're going to have a really, really bad day. So it says mind the gap. Well, what God wants to do this morning is not teach you to mind the gap. God wants to teach you to close the gap. Close the gap between intentions and actions. What good intentions does God want you to do that you haven't done yet? What good intention of sharing Jesus Christ to somebody you work with, a neighbor that you live next to, and you've, you've always said, I, I, I need to share Christ with them. I need to share the good news with them, and you just haven't got around to it yet. What good intention of really making somebody that you know God wants you to encourage them, to love them, to, to show them how much you appreciate them. What good intention have you not gotten around to? Some of you are saying, one day I'd like to go on a mission trip, and, and you've always wanted, and you've had that good intention to go on a mission trip, but you just haven't done it yet. Or for some of you, you have the good intention to serve somebody sacrificially in the name of Jesus, to be able to go above and beyond, to sacrifice, to help somebody else, and you haven't done it yet. For some of you, you may have the good intention to serve in church. And I'd, I'd like to serve. I'd like to, like to do, maybe me volunteer on Thursday nights in Awana and serve. You like that plug? You have a good intention, but you haven't turned it into an action yet. Some of you have the intention that one day I, I really need to start tithing faithfully, but you haven't turned it into an action. I, need to, you know, I, I really need to engage with my wife or with my husband uh, on a new level. I really need to you know, work on my, but you haven't turned the good intention into an action. I need to reach out to a child. You know, there, there's a child that I haven't really reached out to the way I should. Or for some of you, you have the intention that you need to forgive somebody that's wronged you and you haven't turned it into an action. Or maybe you've hurt somebody and you haven't sought their forgiveness yet. What intentions do you have that you've not turned into actions that you haven't acted on yet? Let's not just mine the gap this morning. Let's close the gap. Life is brief. The theme song for this month is Tim McGraw, Live Like You Are Dying. And I love that song. Some of you need to go home today. If you don't have it, buy it on iTunes and listen to it all month. Let it help this message sink in. One of the verses he says, he said, I was finally the husband that most of the time I wasn't, and I became a friend a friend would like to have. All of a sudden, going fishing wasn't such an imposition, and I went three times that year I lost my dad. 
He said, I finally read the good book and I took a long, hard look at what I'd do if I could do it all again. And then he goes into the voice, the, the verse. He said, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. He said, I loved deeper. I spoke sweeter and I gave forgiveness that I'd been denying. And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. And see, that's one of my dreams with this series is to help you get a chance to live like you are dying, to forgive, to love. Because one of the saddest things that I've experienced as a pastor is listening to people's regrets. I don't know how many times in counseling, you know, after somebody has lost a loved one, they said, I wish I, I just had one more chance to tell them I loved them. They, I, I didn't tell them I loved them. I missed the opportunity. I didn't forgive them. They died and I never said I forgive you. I hear people all the time living with different regrets because they didn't turn a good intention into an action. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. The Bible says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's your power to help them, when it's in your power to help them, if you can help your neighbor now, say that with me, now. Don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. If you can help them now, help them now. Don't let your intention go on being an intention, but turn your good intention this morning into an action. The first point that I want God to inspire in you today is turn your when into now. The second thing is turn your intentions into actions. And then the third thing I want Scripture to inspire you to do today is turn your whole heart to Jesus. Turn your whole heart toward Jesus. See, the problem today is too many people only turn a portion of their lives to Jesus. You only give Jesus a part of your life, a piece of your life, a, a little. You know, we, we sing that old hymn, I Surrender All. Many of us sing it like this. I surrender some. I surrender some. Some to Jesus. I surrender. Do you love my great singing voice? My wife has to put up with that in the car every day. See, that's the problem. We only have a portion of Jesus. Have you ever gotten a flu shot? You know, at flu season every year, we get, the, we get the flu shot in our arm. What does that do? We inject a little piece of the flu into our arm so that it helps us become resistant to the entire flu. Well, when I look at the church today, that's what I see. I see people that, you know, they're, they're kind of going on in life, and they're like doing their own thing. They're pursuing this goal, and they're pursuing that goal. And then they say, well, I need to, I need to get a little bit of Jesus. So, boom, I get my little, my little Jesus shot. I just get a little bit of Jesus right there. And, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, look at that, Jesus. Here's a dollar for you in church. And we're going along in our life. And, oh, I hit some trouble. So, so I'm going to pray to Jesus. And, we're going, and then I give Jesus a little courtesy wave. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? Look, I got my WWJD bracelet on. I got a little bit of Jesus in my life. And, you know, I, I'm going on. And, and, you know, every once in a while, I, I, I take a look at Jesus and acknowledge him. But I'm really kind of doing my own thing. And, you know, what I fear in life is that a lot of us got just enough of Jesus to make us resistant to truly knowing him. You get just enough of him shot into your arm that it makes you resistant to truly knowing him, to truly knowing all of him, to having 
all, not just a piece of him, not a, not a part of him, not Jesus as an accessory, as a rich watch or a, or a purse in your life, but truly knowing all of him, knowing all of his power, knowing all of his mercy, knowing all of his life, knowing all of his grace, knowing all of his healing. There's a story in Mark chapter 12 that always grips me. It always impacts me every time I read this passage of scripture. Jesus is is teaching a group of people, and he's saying, listen, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the great commandments. This is how you live your life. And then a young man comes up to Jesus, and he says, you know, I understand all of that. I got that. I, I know what you're saying. But I think Jesus saw something in him. Jesus realized this guy knew truth here, but he didn't know truth here. And Jesus' response to him has always gripped me. It's always kind of startled me, rattled me. Jesus looks at this young man. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus says, realizing how much the man understood. Realizing that he had head knowledge. He understood. He had enough of it in him. Realizing how much the man understood. Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Pay very careful attention to the words of Christ right here. You are not far from the kingdom of God. You're close. You're right there. You're on the doorstep. You're not far. You're right there. But you're not there. You're close. You're as close as you can get, but you haven't fully gotten there yet. What a tragedy. It would be to stand before God one day. And he said, you weren't far, but you didn't quite make it. You were close. You were right there. You attended church. You read your Bible. You were right there. You had, you had a part of me in your life. You weren't very far away. But you weren't close enough. You were close, but you weren't all the way there. And some of you understand what I'm saying. You know, in my desire, my heart, what breaks my heart more for this church is that there's probably a lot of people here today that that could be true of you. You're not very far. You're close. You're not far from the kingdom of God. You've got a piece of you. You've got enough of Jesus that makes you resistant to truly knowing all of him. You just don't know it personally. You haven't got close enough yet. You're not to that point where you really know God. You've got all of God in your life. He's living and breathing inside of you. You're not far, but you haven't given him everything. That's why this morning, I really pray that scripture will inspire you to turn your when into now. The scripture will inspire you to turn your intentions into actions. And most of all, scripture will inspire you to turn your whole heart to Jesus. I want you to hear a little bit more from Spatesi one more time. To get a glimpse of a person that truly knows how brief time is. That truly knows how to live knowing that they only have a limited amount of time 
left and then life vanishes. You know, I feel like I want to be more present in the moment because I don't have very many moments left. And so I just, I try to enjoy every moment. And um, even in the mundane things, you know, I mean, that's the harder thing to do, but even in the mundane things, I try to just enjoy it, even if that means, you know, talking to God or singing to Him, you know. Um, but I, I try not to take anything for granted because we're, we're not guaranteed anything, you know. And I know I don't have much, many moments left. So I want to enjoy every bit of it. You, you've got to really have a relationship with him, not just religion, but a relationship with him. Because there will be something that's going to come along that's going to knock you off your feet, and you're going to need him. And so I am just a totally different person than I was seven years ago. But I also think I'm a lot different person than I was in May, you know, because I am starting to number my days aright and gain a heart of wisdom, you know? It's what's important. Things aren't important. Going places, that's not important. Um, family, friends, relationships, that's what's important. It really is. It's the only thing that you can really, I guess, in a way, take with you in your heart, you know? Don't expect tomorrow to come. It may not be there. You need to, you can't wait until you're sick to start living because to be honest with you a lot of the time you don't feel good enough to do what you want to do you know you need to start living now now there's no wait until the doctor tells you you need to fix the relationship now you need to live in the moment now you need to enjoy yourself and the people that you're with now don't wait This morning, life is brief. Life is the width of your hand. It's all you've been given. What you have today is now. You have right now. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised to you. All you have is now. It's my desire this morning is for you to get into the moment. Be fully there. Don't let the stress, the problems, the worry about tomorrow take you away from today. When you're with your wife, be with your wife. When you're with your husband, be with your husband. When you're with your kids, be with your kids. You don't know if you'll have tomorrow. You can't say when this problem is worked out and I don't have all this stress on my life, then I can be a good husband or a good wife or a good parent. No, you have today. You have now. That's it. Don't say one day I'll give my whole life to God. Right now, I'm having fun. I, I'm enjoying life. I'm, I'm enjoy I don't need to completely surrender today. No, you have now. You have now. In the movie Braveheart, William Wallace made the famous statement. He said, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Don't exist. Live. 
be there. Be fully there. 100% there. Now. Close your eyes with me. Bow your heads. Some of you, you need to turn your when into now. What is the when that you're waiting for? What is the when that you're waiting for? When this happens, then I'll finally... No, turn it into now. Some of you need to take some of those good intentions you have and do it now. Make them action. And most of all, there's people in this room that you need to turn your whole heart to Jesus. Not a part of your heart. Not a part of your life. Not a piece of it. Not get a little bit of Jesus. You need all of Jesus. You need all of God. You need to turn your whole heart to God today and make Him first. Make Him number one. You don't know if you'll have tomorrow do it. You don't want to stand before God and hear Him say, You weren't far. You weren't far. You were close. You were right there. One more step and you would have been there. Take that step. Don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. Take the step today. Put God first today. Your whole heart, your whole life, all of Him. Not a piece of Him, but all of Him. Don't wait. Don't wait. You know who you are. You've been waiting. You only have a part of God. You don't have all of Him. You just got a piece of Him. You got enough of Him, and that's kept you from really knowing Him. You you got a little bit of Him, so you feel like... You feel like you're close enough, but you don't really know Him. This morning, you need to put God first. You You need to give all to Him. And you need all of Him. If that's you, I want to pray for you today with every eye closed. No one looking around. You want to make that prayer. Say, listen, that's me. I want to pray that prayer this morning. I don't have all of Him. I want all of Him. I want to put Him first. I don't want to be close enough. I want to be all the way there. If that's you, raise your hand now. Thank you. 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 Put your hands down. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. How do you do it? How do you close that gap between you're not far from the kingdom and being in the kingdom? It's very simple. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. It's a free gift. You have to receive it. And I want to lead you in a simple prayer of receiving it today. The first part of the prayer, the first part of that prayer is just accepting all of Jesus. Not a part of Him, but accepting all of Him. Just right now, begin to pray out loud or to yourself. Say, Jesus, I want all of you. I want you to be first. Just say right now, just say, Jesus, I want all of you. I don't want a part of you. I don't want a piece of you, but I want all of you. Just pray that in your own words right now. Just say, I want all of you. The second part is ask him to forgive you. We've all failed. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. We've hurt others. We've hurt ourselves, And we're all in need of God's forgiveness, including me. So the second part is just say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. 
for every failure, every mistake, every sin, just forgive me. Just pray that in your own way, in your own words to God right now. Just ask him to forgive you. And then the last part is just thank him. Just say thank you for what he's done. What he's doing this morning in your heart and in your life. Thank you that the God of the universe, the God that created every star, every planet, a God that can raise the dead, a God that is all-powerful, wants to know you, wants to have a relationship with you, wants to be a part of your life. Just say thank you. Thank you, God, that you would want to know me, that you want me, that you want a relationship with me. Thank you.